Red leather, yellow leather, 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 red leather, Double doinks and sackles. Mansplaining football so you don't have to. My name is Travis. I am Fernando. We are moving on to week three of the NFL season. Uh, week two was the comeback week. We had three very good comebacks to watch uh, this last weekend. Um, I kind of want to start off with that, just talking about uh, what we saw. The first one, how about them J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Mm, mm. Onside kick, uh, Joe Flacco, who is uh, currently third in the NFL in passing yards at 616. Come back down, what were they down, like 11 points or double-digit points. I don't remember what it was with um, less than five minutes to go. Come back to win that game. I mean, the Jets are always a laughing stock. you gotta, you got to have a feel-good moment for the Jets for that kind of game. I mean, they're down by 13 points uh, coming into with less than two minutes left. Uh, they score the touchdown. Not much time left after that. They get the onside kick. They go down. It's the missed extra point. They really came back to haunt the Browns. You always hate to see the mixture extra point. You always think in the back of your head. Will it come back to haunt us? Will it come, Will back? It come back to it haunt did. us? It did. It turns out it did, actually. That and them celebrating out with the uh, mannequin and saying, uh, you know, happy endings aren't illegal. Um, you know, couldn't happen to a better group of fans right now. I actually saw uh, a picture. This is a true story during the game. Uh, it was two fans wearing a number four Deshaun Watson jersey. One of them said rub. The other one said tug on it. Um, man, they've really embraced uh, that piece of shit. Um, but we won't go into him. Uh, but what a one well, comeback for the Jets. Um, scrappy team. I mean, they're still waiting on Zach Wilson to come back probably week four from the MCL injury that he had. Uh, do you think right now, Fernando, if the Jets go 3-1, and one, do you still ride with Flacco or do you, do you switch back over to Zach Wilson? I mean, if they keep winning, why would you change something when it's working. Zach Wilson is unproven, and maybe this is a good thing for him. He's, I mean, a lot of quarterbacks who sit behind a veteran learn a thing or two. I mean, he's out milf hunting right now while he heals up. I feel like you got to let him milf hunt and learn from behind the scenes as Joe Flacco gets it done. I mean, is he going to keep up these numbers, 616 passing yards through two games? Probably not. But, again, he can learn something. He's a veteran. He's got a Super Bowl ring. He's got the Super Bowl MVP. Um, I think you just let him sit back and watch and just when Flacco starts to struggle, like bring him back in. Like, all right, it's your reigns. Uh, let's try let's try you out and see if you're actually the quarterback of the future. Or maybe see a couple plays here and there where you bring him in and you put Flacco on the edge. Yeah. Yada. No, I get it, man. I, I'm with you on this one. And then the other comeback, this was probably, I don't know, I guess they were all pr- really good. You can't say a favorite comeback. The Dolphins over the Ravens, down by 21 points in the mm. second half. On the road, uh, we did talk about, or I did talk about Flacco being third in the NFL in passing yards. Tua is number one at 739, 89 yards ahead of number two, Carson Wentz. Those are your top three passing yard quarterbacks, ladies and gentlemen. Tua Wentz, Flacco, 739. I mean, some people were saying, like, Tua didn't do much. Like, Ravens defense pretty much let Tyreek Hill and Waddle get wide open. And because uh, a lot of those passes weren't like contested, he just had to loft it in the area, and one of those guys caught it. And those two are both elite receivers, and they did the rest. But uh, Dolphins, you know, I didn't see that coming. That was a really uh, gritty comeback by them as well. That was a hell of a comeback, man. Um, yeah, I, I, 
I'm not I'm not mad at it at all. Uh, I actually watched a video this week where someone actually reversed uh, to his throwing, uh, so it looked like it was right handed as opposed to left handed, <laughs> and it looked a lot better when when it did it. And maybe it's just our brains thinking that maybe that's what we've been it thinking could, about Tua the entire time. They say there's a little bit of a like people don't like a left handed quarterback because it doesn't look. "Quote unquote normal." It doesn't sometimes. I, I mean, outside of Steve Young, do you think Steve Young looked normal when he threw? Steve Young, no, it always looked weird because it's coming out. It, it just it looks different. You only see there's only been two left-handers to win the Super Bowl. That was Steve Young and uh, the Raiders guy back in the Stabler. '60s, Stabler, Kenny Stabler. I mean, only two lefties in NFL history to win a Super Bowl. You don't see it much. I think there's a bias against the lefties, and I think people think two was. I mean. He gets a bad rap anyway. That that's just something they add to uh, being able to complain about him. Well, it also doesn't hurt that he has a couple receivers that are able to get those yaks. hundred uh, percent. I mean, once like he doesn't have to put it on a pinpoint within like a triple coverage or anything like that. That you watch some like the more elite quarterbacks do. Uh, one of the biggest things I think you found with Tua is that he just has to put it out there and let the receivers play the game. Man. So yeah, great comeback. That was uh, probably one of the more shocking ones. I think. hundred percent. Another good comeback. I mean, you just love to see this happen to the Raiders. I don't know, that's just me. As a former Charger fan, I believe you would agree. Uh, the Cardinals on the road, I believe it was 23 to nothing in the second half at one time. Uh, cards come storming back. I thought uh, we had a good, uh, something happened a little bit afterwards with uh, Mr. Kyler Murray with some fans after the they made their comeback. Yeah, I mean, it was a great comeback. Uh, you know, A.J. Green uh, dropped a pass that should have been a touchdown at one point, uh, came back, caught the pass for the two-point conversion. Which he uh, barely caught. He barely caught it. Didn't get overturned, play in the field, stood. Uh, they go down. They they don't get their attempt. Uh, the Raiders go down. They, they you know, essentially turn over on down. Uh, the fumble by the Hunter fumble. Renfro. By and that was back-to-back fumbles. Back-to-back like, fumbles by Hunter Renfro. Uh, still love the guy, man. I still think he's a fantastic player. However, uh, watching a game walk off like that is always fun. But yeah, Kyler Murray afterwards goes to celebrate with the fans, starts uh, slapping high fives, you know, doing his thing. Uh, gets slapped in the face by a Raider fan. It uh, wasn't too hard. I mean, I've seen the video. Sure. Uh, but what but would also, you expect from a Raiders <laughs> fan? I don't. I mean, my favorite picture of the Raider fan so far were the, the Magnum bottles of champagne. Did you see these guys? Oh, yeah. They, they, were, they like, bought them at the them. stadium. How much do you think those cost oh, them? Oh, Lord, man. Wasting I, all that champagne. Whew. They're celebrating already. And we're, we're talking probably $180 upward per oy, bottle by this point. Oy, oy, oy. And they're out there celebrating with it. Uh, can't be happier for them just to waste that bubbly on each other just to lose in overtime. Well done for the Cardinals, who are still one of my sneaky picks of this year. I still say Dolphins will have a better record than them cards. Uh, Just a couple other highlights I've pointed out. I mean, the Cowboys' defense has been pretty stellar. I mean, they've allowed only two touchdowns uh, through the first three weeks. Uh, The Lions' offense, they have scored 35-plus points in the last three games. That does date back to last season. And a little thing on the Seahawks offense I read, uh, they have not scored an offensive touchdown in six quarters now. Hmm. Their one touchdown was a uh, was it a block kick return or something like that? Something like Pick six, I don't remember. Wasn't it a Disley tight end touchdown? Uh, Disley is now a 49er. That's Dwelly. Then it wasn't a Disley. Anyway, it was not an anyway. offensive touchdown. So they could, like, Seahawks can't score touchdowns. I mean, just a couple highlights. Um, one thing... As we wrap up, I think we're wrapping up our uh, week one. Jalen Hurts. Now, you know me. I'm the Viking fan. I thought uh, we all picked them to win this week. 
No, I didn't. I was uh, I did the reverse jinx. You did the reverse work. jinx. You were correct. Never mind. I'm going to go out and say it. Jalen Hurts is the best quarterback in the NFC. I don't think I have an argument on that one, man. Um, he looked. I mean, he put up 38 points against the Lions week one. And, uh, I mean, they only scored 24 points. I feel like they could, should have scored a lot more. Uh, he was lights out. I feel like the Vikings' defense were playing. They weren't playing to rush him. They were playing to contain him because they were more feared of his legs than they were of his arm. And he picked them apart all day. Like Jalen Hurts. And uh, this improves Kirk Cousins' Monday Night Football record to 2-10. and 10. Well, I, I'm going to say the Jalen Hurts thing right now, the thing that you're starting to see from him this year right now is knowing when to run and when not to run. Uh, and the threat of him running will always give uh, the defenses that kind of approach to like leaving the flats open, leaving little things on the side. We watched multiple plays on Monday night where he chose to go downfield to like A.J. Brown or Devontae Smith by that point. But you had a running back out in the flat for 8 or 10 yards easily uh, just because of his like ability to scramble and keep plays open. You got two, three defenders running at him, leaving all of that open and behind him. All he's got to do is put it over them, get it to the... Wide receiver, tight end, whoever's there on the sideline, and easy completion, and he is—he uh, looks scary. And before we move on, I just have to mention it, just as a hometown fan here, the first shutout of the season goes to my Jacksonville Jaguars, Duval, uh, coming in and stomping the Colts, uh, just shutting them down by this point. The only team in the AFC South with a win. The one, four, and two AFC South, something like that? Something like that. Yeah, I think so. That's a... Uh, a stellar division you got there. Well, talking about Jalen Hurts being possibly the best quarterback in the NFC, we were looking at the NFL.com quarterback rankings on the year, and we kind of have some issues with it. I mean, I, I personally do not like where Jalen Hurts is ranked, but uh, let's quick go over just quarterback rankings going into week three. Um, the top three, I don't think we have any arguments. We got Josh Allen. He has been lights out. Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes. I'm shocked. It just it says year six. I'm shocked. Mahomes doesn't feel like he's been in the league for six years. It doesn't years feel already. like he's been in the league for six years. Uh, we got Herbert at number three. All of those. All right. I think you made the argument between Herbert and Lamar Jackson, but this yeah, point, and Lamar Jackson four. Yeah, like you could go either or. Tom Brady at number five. He has not. I mean, two passing touchdowns and one interception. <laughs> I like how they show negative three rushing yards on the year. Um, his defense has bailed him out of both of those first two games. I mean. They did drive the ball down a few times against Dallas, but settled for field goals. They did get the one touchdown. But Tom Brady too high. Karen Rodgers at six. Yeah, he lit up the Bears, but he always lights up the Bears. He, I don't know. I think those two are much too high. I would put Hurts ahead of both of them if I'm ranking quarterbacks right now. And I'm not even talking fantasy. I'm just talking overall talent and what we've seen on the field in 2022 this year. I want to put Hurts over both of them. I mean, one of the biggest things that I have right now with Tom Brady at number five right now, he's a sub-60% completion rating right now. Uh, he's averaging just 6.6 6 yards a pass. We've watched both games of them so far. It does look like the arm isn't there sometimes. I mm-hmm. mean, like, he, he has occasional flashes of brilliance where, like, he just, like, throws something on the dime. Uh, I don't know if it's the receivers. They're having a lot of receiver issues right now with injuries. But Tom and Brady suspensions. has not, and suspensions, we'll get to that in a little bit. But Tom Brady has not looked great. Um, I don't know if he deserves the five. I, I know he doesn't deserve the five. Yeah, five right is way, I mean, he dropped no one way. spot from last week. He was four last week, now he's five. Tom Brady, he's, he's up there because of his name and what he's done in the past. Uh, if this is the ranking, it's about this year, and I, I don't understand him at five. Rodgers, again, he had one great game, one bad game. They're up there. Their name. They're up there because of their names. Stafford at seven. Like, all right. 
Like, I mean, he's, he's plus seventy percent completion rating by this point. Uh, his his touchdown to pat, like interception ratio is not great. It's no. four touchdowns and five interceptions. But they're winning. Uh, you know, after last week, I mean, even though the, the the Falcons tried to make a comeback, that was the almost comeback that happened this week. Right. We almost had a bunch uh, of those. Matt Stafford has not looked terrible. Uh, he's hitting the receivers. We talked about it last week. He hits Cooper Cup when the defense gives him the things. I think Kyler Murray has looked great. Uh, this year, but I still don't think that he's above Jalen Hurts. Who's Jaylen that Hurts. number nine? Number nine. I I get the first four when we talk about uh, Mahomes, Jackson, Herbert, Josh Allen. Like sure, he's. But I again, I throw him at five. I think nine is a bit of a slap in the face. I think so too, especially for Tua as well. I think Tua goes above both Kyler Murray, and Matt Agreed. Stafford, and he's uh, number ten, right behind. Uh, he again, he had. Didn't do too much week one. Didn't put up crazy numbers, but he put up some crazy numbers in week two in that comeback. Um, you know, if we're going by this year, I mean, uh, these guys are playing better than a lot of the guys listed above them. I mean, Burrow at 11 seems too high just because of how he's played this year. Once again, I'll actually put a lot of that on the offensive line, but at the same time, he's made some bad decisions. He's holding on the ball too long. Uh, I agree with you. I, I think Burrow's way too high at 11, especially with Russ at 12. By this point, Russ, once again, a sub-60% completion rating by this point. Uh, Only five rushing yards from Russell Wilson this year so far. Uh, A lot of it can be blamed on Nathaniel Hackett's, uh, you know, game-time decisions and... And And just overall game plan. I mean, he doesn't seem like he knows what he's doing at all. The defense bailed him out a little bit, but... I mean, one who's a little down, I mean, Carson Wentz at number 17. Uh, 65%, not the greatest, but... 650 passing yards and then seven touchdowns, only three picks. I, uh, I I think you can move him above like some of these like Wilson. He's putting up a better year than Wilson. I mean, there's just I don't know. I don't understand these rankings. Matt Ryan at 21. I think he should be way lower. I was gonna say, can we just say Jimmy G coming in throwing 154 passing yards by this point and being 16 automatically above Carson Wentz, who's played two games, Jared Goff, who's played two games. Jameis Winston, who has uh, you know uh, three touchdowns and three interceptions by this point and a fumble at 19. Trevor Lawrence actually hasn't looked terrible this year. I know it sounds like a homer thing. 510 it passing is. yards, three passing touchdowns, one interception, 15 rushes, and almost just a barely below sub 70% completion rating by this point. I mean, I don't know how you, you sandwich him between Jameis and Matt Ryan by that point. Um, I would like to point out Geno Smith at 23, the highest completion percentage in the league. Highest completion percentage at 81 in the percent. Uh, I mean, he's just not throwing the ball downfield. It's nice and safe and easy for him by this point. Uh, Daniel Jones uh, hasn't looked great, but he's also he's led the Giants to a 2 0 record. Right now. I mean, Joey Flacco right there at number 25. Again, the third most passing yard. It feels weird just saying that out loud. Third most passing yards. I know it's only week two. Uh, but, yeah, five touchdown passes to just one pick. Uh, the bottom, you know, you expect Mac Jones, Trubisky, Fields. Fields had, yeah, he's whatever. Cooper Rush, you know, he's he moved up the charts. He's up to 29. Uh, but you got the bottom. Jacoby Brissett all the way down at number 31. Um, he hasn't done anything spectacular, but, like, Matt Ryan, I feel like, has done way worse than Jacoby Brissett. Oh, 100%. I mean, Jacoby Brissett... Uh, is doing essentially what he needs to do right now, right? I mean, his whole job is to go in there and stand inside until that, you know, he who should not be named uh, comes back to play quarterback in week 11. Uh, week 12, sorry, I apologize. 
Um, but Jacoby Brissett actually looks decent. I mean, he's a tough guy. He goes out there. He plays hard. He's got a good team around him. He's using his team around him to be able to like keep himself in these games, man. I don't see how Jacoby Brissett is below a lot of the guys on this list right now. I agreed. I look at him, and I see Davis Mills at the bottom. That makes sense. Baker's number 30. Like, a lot of these guys, yeah, they're bad. They're not playing great this year, or they're not playing good at all. Uh, but, like, Matt Ryan, way too high. Joe Flacco, too low. Daniel Jones at 24, I get, because his team is 2-0. I don't know. It's just, I don't know. It's, I don't know who's writing this stuff. Someone is. Someone get paid. Someone getting paid a lot of money is coming up with this. A lot more than we are right now. That um, is true. So, I wanted to actually touch on something real fast. There are a few teams with an 0-2 start this year, right now. Uh, there's some that we should worry about. There's some that we don't have to worry about. But this is actually a funny thing. Since 1970, during the merger, 400 teams have actually started with an 0-2 record. All right? Only 38 teams out of those 400 have actually made the playoffs. That's 9.5% by this point. Uh, from that factor, uh, I believe we actually looked this up earlier. Just give me a second to pull this back up. Uh, I think it was the last time a team reached the playoffs uh, that had started 0-2 was in 2018. It was the Texans. They finished 11-5. And the Seahawks, they finished the year 10-6. Uh, both lost in the wild card round. But since 2018, 27 teams have started 0-2, and none have reached the playoffs. Only That's two rough. have had a winning record by that point. Um, so right now, thinking about your 0-2 teams... Are there any two teams out there, or any teams out there that you're thinking about right now, that have a chance, maybe, possibly, to turn this around, and maybe be able to like pull themselves out of it? So you look at the Bengals now, at does, 0-2. Does this have anything to do with an 0-1-1? Or is this just straight up 0-2? This is because, straight up 0-2, man. So, because I wanted to just... Houston has played competitive in both of their games. They are. They're in second place right at now. At 0-1-1. Um, I think the 0-2 team that has looked the best are probably the Atlanta Falcons. The Falcons have been in both their games. They let a comeback in week one against the... Uh, well, yeah, this is what they do. They let comebacks happen against the Saints. And then they fought their way back into that Rams game and had a chance. I'm not saying they have a ch- good chance of making the playoffs, but they are the best 0-2 team, I think, on the list. Them, Raiders might be a little bit behind them at also 0-2, but uh, Falcons... If I had to pick a team, Cincinnati just looks so like like they, we talk. They talk about the Super Bowl hangover, especially for the losing team. Oh, they I I don't see them making the playoff. The 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 zero two team I think that has the best shot at making the playoffs will be the Vegas Raiders. So I I'm going to agree with you on that one. I, I still think the Vegas Raiders actually look the best out of the zero and two teams. They've been involved in both games right now. They lost a, a, a thriller uh, last week. Uh, they barely lost to the Chargers in Week One. By that point, uh, they were competitive in both games against two pretty good teams, in my opinion. I know you're not high on the Cardinals. Um, the the ones that I think should start worrying right now are, are probably the Bengals. Uh, the Bengals you have to start worrying about because uh, the Cleveland Browns have come out at least being scrappy enough to actually try and fight through this division by that point. Uh, the Tennessee Titans, man, they look bad. They look terrible. They look so bad they right now. Terrible. And granted, they just got stomped by the Bills. The Bills might be the best team in the NFL right now. I, I, I would challenge you to, to argue that on, on any level. Yeah, I have no argument. The Bills um, are both games. I mean... Both games were, all, were over before the fourth quarter. I mean, for ten, like Tennessee kept stayed close through the maybe halfway through the second quarter, and then 
Josh Allen and company just they do what they do, and that is dominate. I feel like the NFC South is one tie away from being the AFC South by this point. Um, I think that, honestly, I think the Carolina Panthers and the Falcons could both challenge for that division. Neither team on the top of the division, both the Bucks and the Saints, have looked great um, so far. We've already questioned Tom Brady's This just uh, popped into my head. I just want to ask you this question. Who is a better quarterback, since we're talking about the 0-2 teams, and how they've performed this year? Who is the better quarterback, Baker Mayfield or Marcus Mariota? Oh, man, that's hard. Um, I'm putting you on the spot. We didn't talk about this, but it just popped in my head, and I wanted to just get your get your thought on that. I like Baker's fire, man. I, I still like it. I like I like being able, you know, playing football for as long as I did. I like being able to sit in a huddle with somebody and know that that dude's going to run through the same wall that I'm going to run into, right? Sure. So I, I appreciate Baker Mayfield's tenacity. I, I appreciate, like, what he brings to the game. I mean, he's spontaneous, everything like that. Right now, I feel like the Falcons are doing more with less. Um, and so, like, I'm like I want to give the nod to Mariota, but once again, it's it's week three by this point. We've had Very two true. games. It's early, uh, so I don't know. I would be curious uh, to see. Maybe we make a dollar bet who finishes higher in fantasy points, Baker Mayfield or Marcus Mariota. You want to make that bet? I'll make that bet right now, and I am definitely going to go with Marcus Mariota. And I will say Baker Mayfield. Consider it done. Handshake. You can't see it, but we are handshaking. Just know that we shook each other violently. Uh, So we wrap up this first half with some of our last week uh, fantasy results. Yeah, absolutely. uh, Sleepers and non-sleepers. So let me pull that up real quick because it's on the back page over here. Uh, so last week, uh, we missed on the uh, Derek Carr. I think he actually finished uh, probably 11th. I said he was going to finish top five. That was a miss. Goff, though, was... Uh, he was on his way in the first half, he but was right uh, there, all man. of a sudden it just stopped. Uh, Jared Goff uh, was a 19th-ranked quarterback. He finished 6th overall last week. Wentz was the 18th-ranked quarterback. We said he finished top 10. He finished 7th last week. Uh, Tannehill was 26. We said he was going to finish better than that because of garbage time. Turns out Ryan Tannehill <laughs> finished. <laughs> he finished below like the Houston backup that came in at one point through just a couple passes. He finished just above the Bills backup, Case, Case Keenum, Keenum, who came in and barely threw anything because they were up by 75 million points. Um, he finished with a .88 last week, is what Ryan Tannehill finished with. I would hope nobody st- would... Well, if you got your two quarterback leagues, maybe you started him, but... Whew! Man, that's Tannehill, that, yeah, that team is... Them and the Colts, like, they were the favorites in that division, and they look like the worst two teams easily in that division. We did think A.J. Dillon was going to finish as the top ten. Uh, he didn't. Um, it was the Aaron Jones show all yeah. Sunday. Uh, however, we did hit on Hip Hip Blair. Yep, hip, uh, he's putting up some numbers this year. He was a 23 year. running back last week. We said he was going to finish top 15. He finished number eight last week. Nice. And uh, coming from the goose eggs, Devontae Smith uh, was ranked as the 39th wide receiver. Finished 27. Not a lot to come home with on that one. Uh, but it was nice to see him put back into the offense. But of course. Well, we are going to take our quick break here. When we come back, we got some uh, predictions, week three predictions coming up. And also, of course, our fantasy sleepers that we like to talk about. Maybe some uh, teams that will, or some players that will not perform, but the ones who will perform higher than their rank. But we'll talk about that when we get back right after these messages. 
Hey, Fernando. I heard you're going to Minneapolis this weekend. I sure am. Well, I'm hoping to find a place that I can fly out there real fast, say what's up, grab a meal, and come back home and visit the wife and kids before they even wake up and realize I was gone. Any place you'd recommend? I got the perfect place for you, Travis. This place is called Caffrey's Deli and Subs on the corner of Lindale and Lake Street. Caffrey's Deli and Subs have the best sandwiches in town. If you're in town to watch the Vikings beat the Lions, I recommend stopping by Caffrey's Deli and Subs. Uh, the Blue Cow, one of the best sandwiches on the menu. Uh, that's at 3008 Lindell Avenue South, Minneapolis, Minnesota, 55408. So I'm expecting one of those subs when you come home just off the flight. I'll shove it down my pants and give it to you personally. I'm excited about that. McCaffrey subs. McCaffrey's. <laughs> Check them out. Let's take a break and hear a message from a sponsor. And we're back. Double doinks and sackles. Mansplaining football so you don't have to. Once again, I'm Fernando. I'm Travis. We are going into our week three picks of the 2022 NFL season. Starting off with Thursday night football. The Cleveland Browns are hosting the Pittsburgh Steelers. Cleveland, four and a half point favorites in this game. Um, Looking across, uh, Jimmy the Stat Boy and I both have the Browns winning this game. However... Uh, four and a half seems a little high between two teams that are struggling. I think this will come down to a field goal, and Cleveland uh, will win it on that field goal. I'm going to take the Steelers on this one, man. Um, Steelers have not looked terrible this year. Uh, the Browns have been scrappy, but the Steelers are just a better coach team. Uh, they have a better core, I think, going on right now. I think even going into Cleveland by this point, um, there there is always something... Uh, the Steelers just have this kind of like presence to them, right? You know, we've already discussed this. You mean the refs on their side? I mean, yeah, absolutely. Them, the Packers, the Patriots. I mean, we've always seen this. But I don't see the Steelers losing this game. I think the Steelers actually opened up this game. Um, I think either Mitch Trubisky or Kenny Pickett is going to actually throw the ball pretty well this time. We're going to get the offense involved. I think the Steelers are going to take this game, and I don't think it's going to be even close to a field goal. All right. Well, to each their own. Um, jumping right into the Sunday games, the early games, uh, one of the games I wanted to quick talk about, we all have the uh, Vikings beating the Lions. The Vikings will be at home uh, where they looked great week one. They did not look so good on the road Monday Night Football, uh, but that was Monday Night Football Kirk Cousins. His 2-10 uh, and 10 record, I can't stress it enough, he just, there's something about the bright lights that just scares the bejesus out of that guy. Um, but the Lions look really good this year, like... Scary good. So a six-point Minnesota favorite, I feel like six points is much too high. We all agree with that down the uh, down the board. We all got the Vikings winning, but it'll be less than the six points. Lions look good, man. Uh, I mean, you said it yourself. They put over 35 points up for the past three games they've played going back to last season. Uh, they're putting up points right now, man, and I think the, the stadium will be rocking. You'll be there. I will uh, be there. With uh, one of our friends uh, who is a Lions fan by this point, so he's going to have a bad Sunday. Uh, but Let's there's never call. a bad Sunday being at a stadium and enjoying yourself. Um, but no, I don't see the Vikings covering this at all. Yeah. Uh, next game on the list will be the Houston Texans uh, traveling to Chicago. Chicago, two and a half point favorites. Uh, once again, Jimmy the Stat Boy and I are on the same page. We both have Houston going into Chicago and beating the Bears. Uh, the Bears, they looked terrible on Sunday night football. Uh, they got that win in the, in the rain against the Niners week one. Uh, Justin Fields, he just doesn't have enough around him. And he's, I mean, 
uh, Houston has played better than I think anybody thought they would look this this much into the season. Uh, I definitely like Houston to go to the go on the road, shut down that uh, Chicago offense. I think I think it's going to be a low scoring game. It's going to be a boring game. But Houston underdogs on the road, two and a half points. They will win this game. I don't see it, man. Uh, I have to take the Bears in this game. The Bears beat the 49ers, so it's a solid defense, solid team right there by that point. Uh, they tied the Colts, who uh, have been proven now to be a, a terrible team. Very terrible. Uh, going forward. Uh, they were in the game with the Broncos until the fourth quarter, and then the wheels fell off the wagon by that point. I just don't see them continuing that momentum anymore. I think they go into Chicago. Chicago's looking to revenge themselves after last week's game. I don't think this is going to be as close as what people think it's going to be. I think the Bears are going to win this game by, I'll say, over six points. All right. I don't think the Bears have enough weapons in this game. I think Fields is just not, I don't think. And also, this is, I just realized, this is another revenge game. This is Lovey Smith. Oh, yeah. That's why I feel like heavy on the Texans. Revenge game. Yeah, how'd that work out week one for all those revenge games? Yeah, not so, not so not hot for Baker. So, not so hot for Baker. For any of them, actually. All right. Uh, we're all on the same page with the Vegas Raiders. They are two-point favorites on the road against the Titans. Both teams underperforming. Uh, yeah, like, we all have the Raiders winning that one. KC traveling to Indy. Uh, of course, we all have KC. Only a five and a half point spread. I feel like that we all felt like that was a little low, so we all have KC uh, taking that one. Now with Buffalo, Buffalo going to Miami. The two and O Bills, the two and O Dolphins, tied for first on top of the AFC East. We obviously all have Buffalo, but Jimmy the Stat Boy, you think Buffalo will not cover that six point spread? This is a home game for the Dolphins. I feel like they have a lot of momentum going in this game. There's a lot of weapons they have, and a lot of they might surprise. But I, this also could be dead wrong too. But I just have a feeling the Dolphins will make it close. You usually are dead wrong. I mean, yeah. honestly, uh, honestly, if you want points, I think this is a game we want to watch. A hundred percent. This is going to be a fantastic Kansas, game to watch. I can see KC going up by like three or four scores, and then you get all that garbage time out of the Colts' offense. This could be a It'll be an interesting game. And maybe this is actually the week that the Dolphins actually get put back in their place. I mean, Buffalo is not looked, had, does not have a chink at their armor. I believe somewhere. we said something like that while we were watching that Ravens-Dolphins game last week. We actually changed the channel, and then the next thing we know, the Dolphins had tied it. Like We're like, ah, oh, Dolphins aren't that good. But uh, yeah, we'll see. Buffalo's still way too dangerous. Uh, we all have the Ravens. Uh, covering the three-point spread at New England. New England just, yeah, they're so land it with Mac Jones. I can't believe it's that close. To be yeah, honest. three points, very, very close. Now, this is an interesting one. We got the 0-2 Bengals traveling to East Rutherford, New Jersey to take on the New York football Jets. Um, the Bengals are five-point favorites. I'm going to pick the Jets at home. I can't believe I'm picking the Jets. I always say, how can you pick the Jets? <laughs> I am picking the Jets to win this game at home. Cincinnati has looked terrible this year. Uh, who's that quarterback for the Jets? Something White, who came in last year and had 500 Mike yards. White. Mike White. Um, again, Joe Flacco's no Mike White. Uh, but I think the Jets can put up more, put up some good numbers, get to, get to the quarterback. Cincinnati can't protect Burrow. Five points seems like an awful lot. I, I, you know what? Yeah, let's go Jets. You can do it. J E T S Jets Jets Jets. You know who's not uh, Joe Flacco? Zach Wilson. 
Well, I'll tell you right now, man. I think one of the biggest things that I learned uh, over the past like week and a half is uh, from our Tim, friend Timmy, who's uh, the Bengals fan that we know, uh, and he was talking about how the Bengals always make backup quarterbacks look good. So technically, Joe Flacco is the backup quarterback. Very true. So he could look good this week. I just don't see the Bengals being that bad. I don't see them going zero and three. Um, I, I I feel that they turn it around. The Jets have. Um, you know, pulled the rabbit's foot out of their ass a couple times this year already. Uh, they've stayed in games. They, they came back against the Browns, who I also don't think is that good. Uh, but I think the Bengals actually finally figure out a way to turn it around, earn that $70 million contract that they threw across their offensive line. Joe Burrow stays on his feet. Not only do the Bengals win this game, they're going to cover that five-point spread. To each their own. Coming up next, we have the Philadelphia Eagles traveling to the Washington football team Commandos. Uh, Philly comes into this game at six and a half point favorites. Um, uh, yeah, I, the way the Eagles played on the first two games of the year. I mean, uh, Monday night and then week one, I got Philly. Jimmy the Stat Boy and I are both going with Philly to cover that six and a half. Washington. Uh, you know, I know they played Jacksonville week one, but they've had a couple easy, you know, they, they didn't look, not a couple easy, but they barely beat Jacksonville. They got, they got, they got beat pretty good against uh, Detroit. I think uh, the Eagles go out there and just run up the score. I'm taking the Eagles, but I don't think they cover that six and a half one spread. Mm-hmm. Um, and here's my reason why. The, Let's hear it. The, the football commies have been quite a scrappy team this year so far. Uh, the Eagles gave up 35 points against the Detroit Lions. Uh, they played uh, Monday Night Football Kurt Cousins, which we all kind of saw. I don't know why he kept throwing it towards Darius Slay when you have multiple options on that. We won't get into it. I'm, I'm sorry, man. However, the, the football commies have a little gentleman by the name of Curtis Samuel, uh, who if you didn't pick him up last week, shame on you. But Scary Terry will probably be covered by Darius Slay probably the entire game by this point. Antonio Gibson hasn't looked terrible. Uh, You still have J.D. McKissick back there. Carson Wentz is just slinging the ball like he's got nothing to worry about because he doesn't anymore. He got bummed out by the Eagles. He got bummed out by the Colts, who replaced him with Matt Ryan, who looks like... 70-year-old man out there right now. Now, Carson Wentz is Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, man. I said this like last week. However, I think the Eagles will win this game, but the football commies are going to keep this within striking distance. It's going to be a competitive game. It'll be a fun one to watch, I think, in my opinion. Agreed. The one thing I don't like about going to games is not being able to watch all the other games going on. That's just a little, uh, little side note there. Uh, final early games. We have the another divisional rival. We got the Saints going to Carolina to take on the Panthers. Saints three point uh, favorites in this game on the road. Uh, once again, Jimmy the Stat Boy and I both going with Narlins to cover that spread, win and cover. Uh, the Panthers just look they look they look bad. And I just, New Orleans at least got that defense. Uh, Jameis is questionable. He's got an injury happening, but I don't think it matters. I mean, it I, three points. It's pretty much usually goes to the home team, but I I just I think the Saints are have much more talent on their team than the Panthers do, and the Panthers just don't look the part right now. Man, how do you say the Panthers look bad right now? They've been competitive in both games against the Browns and the two and O Giants right now. Yeah. Uh, so I, so right now they've been competitive in both games. Yes or no? Uh, yes. Okay, so if they've been competitive in both games right now, 
We saw the real Jameis Winston at the end of the fourth quarter last game when he threw three picks by this point. Against a good Buccaneer defense. Sure. The, the, the Panthers don't have a terrible defense. They don't. Uh, the offensive weapons are there. Baker will get his sh- together very soon. And this has to be the game. Because if it's not the game, if this is the game and Baker comes out there, lays an egg, then you start talking about bringing Sam Darnold back in there. Oh. And now your team's in flux. Do you want Sam Darnold over Baker Mayfield? Baker knows that this game's going to be big enough. This is probably bigger than any game he's played so far this season, including the Browns game by this point. He has to win this game. Because if you go 0-3, you're just starting to nail co- like nails in a coffin by this point. So I think the Panthers actually come out, win this game, cover the spread, do all the things. It's going to be the Panthers all day. I don't know why I keep doing this myself, Fernando. <laughs> well, I'm glad you realized it. And yes, they have been in both games against subpar teams. I don't think Baker's job is in jeopardy because... Sam Darnold's Darnold's also hurt. Also hurt. Big cat club. All right. Afternoon games. We got four of them to cover here. Uh, The first one will be the L.A. Chargers hosting the Jacksonville Jaguars. Duval. Seven point spread for this is the biggest spread of the week with seven points going the way of the Chargers. Uh, We all picked the Chargers to win and cover. But, uh, Travis, why don't you uh, talk about your boys a little bit on this one? Man, I mean, I'm going to try and reverse jinx this one. I don't think that we're going to come out west and actually win this. So Doug Peterson's actually been consulting sleep uh, professionals by this point to help them on their west coast journey out here, even though it's a later start, which is fantastic for them anyway. Um, the Chargers always underperform. I, I, I was a Charger fan for, oh God, 20-something years by this point. They always underperform every single team they play. You have Justin Herbert, the truth, uh, which is out there playing with torn rib cartilage by this point. Um, if he thought the Chiefs were going to hit him, wait till he sees you know Josh Allen and Trayvon Walker coming off the edges. They're not going to stop. I mean, the front line of the uh, Jaguars' defense looks amazing right now. Once again, the first shutout of the year. Trevor Lawrence looks good right now. Uh, Christian Kirk earning his things. I'm actually going to pick one of my sleepers right now. Travis Etienne, I think, is going to have a game this week, because I think the Chargers can stuff the run up the middle. I think he's going to be able to slip outside, man. I think it's going to be a good game. I don't want to pick the Chargers to cover, because I do think they're going to win. But I'm going to just to stay up with you in the standings by this point. <laughs> oh, that's what it is. Oh, yeah, we got to go over the standings, because somebody's easily in first. Uh, but let's move on to the uh, next game. The next game, we got the Rams traveling to the desert to take on the Arizona Cardinals. Both teams 1-1. One one. Arizona uh, coming in at 3.5 point underdogs. Yeah, I just, again, I'm not high I'm not high on the Arizona Cardinals at all this year. Like, they had a nice comeback against the Raiders. Uh, maybe the Raiders aren't that good. I don't know. But I feel like the Rams can come out here, light up the Cardinals' defense, and uh, the Rams' defense, still good. They let the Falcons back in the game last week, but I think they'll slow down Murray and uh, easily cover that 3.5-point spread, maybe even by 10 points. Man, mm. 10 points. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals are not a bad football team. Uh, they came back. They showed some grit against that. They even still fought against KC. KC's probably the, the second-best team in the NFL, in my opinion, right now, outside of the, the Buffalo uh, Bills. But I think the, the Cardinals at home, dealing with their, their, their stuff that they're dealing with, um, you know, 
Kyler Murray getting slapped in the face by that point, saying nothing. Um, I, I think, think that's going to motivate him getting slapped in the face. I mean, it might, man. It's, it's not a two-time weekend for Call of Duty by this point, too, so you might be in a lot of trouble on this one. Uh, I think I think the Arizona Cardinals actually come out and uh, not only cover, but they're going to they're gonna win this game. All uh, right. That is some a bold prediction out of a Travis Heath right there, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, what do we have next? We have the yeah, – this game's kind of ugly, but – Falcons at Seahawks. The 0-2 Falcons, the 1-1 Seahawks. Um, I think this is the first game this year where the spread is even. There is no spread on this game. It's just winner-loser. I mean, out of these two teams, the team that has played better has been the Atlanta Falcons. I know it's on the road. you got to deal with the 12th man, yada, yada, yada. I like what the Falcons are doing. No one, like... You know, they didn't have any high hopes coming into this season. You know, just like Carson Wentz starting for Washington. Like, the Falcons have nothing to lose. No one expects anything out of them. I think they get their first win of the year and uh, take down Geno Smith, once again, who is leading the league in completion percentage. Uh, Takes down Geno Smith and the Seahawks. The Seahawks, both teams are terrible, uh, but I think Atlanta is the better of the terrible teams. Uh, Drake London might have a couple touchdown catches in this game. Uh, give me them Falcons. Man, uh, this is such a hard hard pick on this one, right? You know, I mean, like, once again, like, even point spread by this point. Uh, both teams have not looked great. Uh, you cannot discredit the 12th man by this point. Uh, I mean, Russ came in there. They were pumped. They were they're they were rocking it. I, I Give me the Seahawks all day. Give me Geno Smith and his 81% completion rating right now. <laughs> Uh, What's going on? They just have to do just enough not to lose. Uh, that's the Seahawks game. Falcons have to have to win. You agree or disagree on this one? I mean, I guess, yeah. So if the Seahawks just have not to lose at home against a team that's probably just as bad as they are by this point, give me the bad team at home as opposed to the bad team on the road. And once again, the Seahawks offense has not scored a touchdown in six quarters. Well, the Falcons take the lead, but maybe they won't lose this one. We will see. Yeah, maybe they can you know start changing that around. Uh, what yeah. do we have next? Final game. This is a juicy one. Uh, we got the Green Bay Packers traveling to Tampa Bay to take on the Buccaneers. Old man Tom Brady against... Karen Rogers. Man Brady. One point favorites for the Bucks at home. A lot of this has to do, we talked about this before, has to do with the receivers of the Buccaneers. Uh, Chris Godwin probably not uh, back from his injury. Mike Evans suspended for going after Marshawn Lattimore. Um, I'm the only one taking the Bucks in this one because that defense, that defense can slow down those mediocre receivers that they're the number one rushing defense in the league. They will slow, at least in fantasy. I don't know if that is overall. Uh, they will slow down the te- uh, the Green Bay backfield. They can cover up those receivers. I think Karen Rodgers is going to find himself on his back most of this game. Um, yeah, give me Tampa Bay. Tom Brady will do just enough. Uh, probably a little low scoring. Maybe, you know, 2017, something around there. But uh, I like them Buccaneers. Let's go, Tampa. Fuck the Packers. Blow pack glow, right? Uh, so... I have a question for you. We didn't talk about this before, but um, is David Montgomery a much worse running back than, let's say, Leonard Fournette? Leonard Fournette is way better. Way better. David Montgomery. 
Dave Montgomery from the Bears. Yeah, Leonard Fournette right. is, I think, much better. At least, you know, coming out of the backfield, pass catching, uh, that's one thing you really want out of a running back. But I'll say Fournette, much better than Montgomery. All right, so uh, Khalil Herbert, is he a better running back than, let's say, Rashad White, I believe his name Rashad is. White, Rashad think, yeah. White, the, the backup. I mean, Herbert was looking decent last year before he got injured. Uh, that one's kind of a coin flip to me. I don't know which one is okay. better or worse if one one or the other is not. Right now, the way I see it is this, is that the Bears were in that game. They should have had that touchdown that Justin Fields had. I don't know why. Can we just real fast? I know we didn't discuss this either. <laughs> Can we just real fast discuss why our team is going forward on fourth and like inches by this point on the goal line? And starting in a shotgun for like formation. Yeah, I don't get that at all. You're you're one you're inches away from the ball snapping. You snap it back. That's already one yard you lose, and then you got to lunge forward. Shotgun. You're five four to five yards back. I don't get it at all. When the Bears did that, like even the announcers were like, "What what the hell are they doing?" So now, do you think Justin Fields was in or not when he scored that touchdown? After seeing that replay, it looked like he was one hundred percent in. One hundred percent in. So the the once again, the, the the Packers had the refs on their side. Now Tom Brady might have the refs on the side. It's a toss up by this point. For it the is refs a home on, team. I know who you're going to do. So it's a home team, but you still got Karen Rodgers versus Tom Brady by this point. Um, I just don't I don't see it, man. I think Green Bay found their stride with the running game and. Everyone came in last week, right? We listened to Chris Collinsworth talk about how like the running game is going to be the now main focal point. Well, now here's a guy. However, they not only showed off their running game, but they also showed that the running backs could catch. Uh, Alan Zard was back. Uh, Sammy Watkins, the ghost of Sammy Watkins, he showed, showed up. up. Yeah, he looked pretty good as well. Is he number um, one option now? Some Bay? some of those some of those uh, those those rookie guys are starting to show up here and there. Aaron Rodgers is going to continue to show like faith in them. I mean, they're catching the ball finally. I mean, you have a lot of people, a lot of weapons to throw it to. Whether they're good or not doesn't matter. You have a lot of people to throw it to right now. Tom Brady gets Cole Beasley uh, <laughs> back. That anti-vaccine, you know, POS. Uh, but I'm going to take the Packers in this game right now because I, I believe that I, I don't see the Bucks being good enough to go 3-0, if that makes sense. I just don't think there are enough weapons on Tampa to, to win, and I think Green Bay has something. Uh, I feel like the more. weapons are similar, uh, but the defense is better on the other on, in Tampa. But we will see what happens. It'll be a good game, nevertheless. Uh, Sunday night football. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. The San Francisco 49ers are traveling to the Mile High City to take on the Broncos. San Francisco, led by Jimmy G, the quarterback, uh, one and a half point favorites in this game. I really wanted to pick the Broncos. In fact, I did it first and I talked myself out of it because their coaching is so terrible. I think they lead the league in penalties. Uh, they, they. It looks like they don't know what they're doing, or they're they're not at all prepared for situational football. I don't. I don't know what the hell the Broncos coaches are doing. They look like if if someone if the Broncos continue to play like this, I'm not a fan of like. Well, first of all, firing a coach in the middle of a season, but firing a rookie coach in the middle of the season. If it keeps up like this, and he keeps these boneheaded plays, I think you got to get rid of him. But if if it wasn't for the coach, I would take the Broncos. But because of this coach, 49ers defense, I think we'll have an answer for that Broncos offense. And Jimmy G's going to do what he does, which is win games under Kyle Shanahan. Uh, give me those, give me those 49ers. So Nathaniel Hackett was the uh, quarterbacks coach and the offensive coordinator for the Jacksonville Jaguars back when they went to the playoffs. 
uh, Under, with, with, with Blake with Blake, Blake Bortles. Bortles. Uh, then he was the offensive coordinator for the Green Bay Packers through uh, 19 through 21. He became the head coach of the Denver Broncos. Uh, I think a lot of people expected him to come in here and just be able to handle it. You know, I mean, he's coming from uh, some successful teams, so you know, through through the years by this point. Uh, the Jaguars are one of them, unfortunately, for him. Um, hey, he, is, the- he has looked out of his element so badly. In the first two weeks, uh, his time management has been terrible. Uh, his play calling has been questionable at best. Um, I mean, Russell's angry that he didn't get to complete games because he wanted to win an MVP. Nathaniel Hackett's not even letting him win games by this point based yeah. off of the play calling. Uh, I just don't see how you pick it. Uh, a lot of people have said that Jimmy G with the 49ers makes the 49ers a much more dangerous Better. team. Yeah. Uh, and I'm one of those people that agree. I know Jimmy G, the stat boy, would not. Um, no, I agree. I agree. But with the Broncos looking the way they've looked, uh, Sunday Night Football will be big. I mean, Russ is coming out to cook by this point. Um, give me the 49ers, man, all day long. Yeah. Um, a full week of practice for Jimmy G. It'll be the, the, like the same old Niners over the last two years. But will be just good enough to make the NFC Championship, maybe, but not much farther. Oh, what, than that. what is that? A, that's a Super Bowl and a, and a no, championship. No, 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 that's not the Super Bowl. And we're it's still, you know, 18, it, 19, 20 weeks away there from There are a lot uh, of good that. teams out there. Maybe they'll lock into it. That seems what they always do. But I don't think they, as I think Dominique Foxworth said, their, their ceiling is a little low, but their floor is higher now. I guess so. Fair enough. We are on to our final game of the week Monday Night Football, the. 2-0 New York Giants. Oh, that feels the first time I've heard that. It feels weird saying that. 2-0 football Giants playing the Dallas Cowboys division rival. Uh, if I can say, of the, what do we got, six undefeated teams in the NFL right now, the Giants have to be the worst of the six. That's Tampa Bay, Philly, Bills, Miami, and Kansas City. Uh, the Giants are actually one-point favorites. I get they're at home. I get it. I get it. And Cooper Rush is the starting quarterback for the Cowboys. I get it. I get it. He didn't look terrible against the Bengals. But oh, backup quarterbacks, Bengals. You know, yeah, yeah. I cow. I got the Cowboys. I think. I don't think it's going to be close. I think we're looking at like a 24-10, 24-13 kind of game. I think the Cowboys get their running back. Our running backs going in this game. Uh, Cooper Rush again will just will do just enough. I mean, he is two and zero as a starter. The guy is undefeated as a starter in the NFL. Uh, give me Cooper Rush and those Dallas Cowboys. Again, it's only a one-point spread, so pretty much whoever you pick is going to cover that spread. Uh, yeah, that is going to be Dallas. You know, I know another famous quarterback that actually got knocked out of a game one time and some unproven guy came in and had to step in for him. Oh, yeah? Who's that? His name was Drew Bledsoe. Drew Bledsoe. Where does that... Oh, yeah. The young Timmy Brady. Is Cooper Rush the next Timmy Brady? Yeah, he is. No, he's not. Wow. <laughs> he's not, I was about not. to say. Hey, it's too not. early to tell. It is you too early to tell. Maybe he is. He's, he's undefeated. If they if they keep, start winning, keep winning. Doesn't have, doesn't have a loss yet, man. I mean, so. you can say some crazy shit, but if 10 years down the road we got this audio bit... And we can put that back out there. 
hey, who we'll, knows? We'll just exit out of the point where I said, no, he's not. Uh, by that point. <laughs> you know, we can edit it. I'm going to seem like a genius. But you got, the, got those old Amari Cooper uh, jerseys. You can just at, replace you get, that. At, got, at the end of the day, by this point, man, uh, I don't see how the Cowboys lose this game. Uh, the Giants, man, they've been fun to watch this year. Uh, they really have. Uh, they've been great. Entertaining been games. Very close. Uh, but I'm going to take the, the Cowboys. They're a better team. Uh, even without Zach Prescott, all around, they're a much better team. I'm taking the Cowboys once again with you by a lot. And Jimmy, the stat boy, one quick thing: you got the Giants. What do you got? Uh, I think we're gonna see a three-no Giants. All right. Well, crazier <laughs> things have happened, and we'll see what happens. But, but based on those standings, I don't know shit because apparently, corner standings, you are leading us both in straight up and spread picks. Me, but me as in Fernando, as right? In Fernando Jackson. That is correct. The uh, first, the second, whatever it is. Thank we're, you. We're in, Five to six games over 500. Trav, you are almost 500 straight up, and I am in the basement at 14 to 18. We're going to do quick, quick rapid yeah. fire uh, fantasy picks real fast. Uh, we have Tua going off at number 14 quarterback. Fernando, what do you think he finishes this? I like Tua as a top 10. Uh, he's not going to put up the crazy numbers he picked put up uh, in week two, but he is definitely going to be a top 10. I agree with. We have Flacco going off as number three, uh, 23 right now. Fernando, what do you have finishes? Uh, Flacco 23 is seems too low for him. He's been putting up numbers. He's slinging the ball all over the field. Flacco could be a top 15. Not good for you know. You want to have a top 12 quarterback in a 12 standard league, but. Top 15, I think he puts up higher numbers than people will give him credit for. Uh, Jimmy G, not in the top 10, 25 so far right now. I have him in the top 15 finish. I, I just don't see how it doesn't happen this week. Uh, quick rundown of running backs real fast. Just pick one of them. Um, I'm going to go with my boy. I, I drafted him, Zeke Elliott. He's uh, ranked 20th right now. I can see him being a top 10. Finally getting it together. I believe he had 5.9 points in fantasy in both of his first two weeks. Uh, this is the week he gets it together against a division rival, and this is when the Dallas Cowboys de- uh, get it together. Cooper Rush beat the Giants. Uh, I have Hip Hip Hilaire uh, going off as number 22 running back right now. Uh, he's had a great season so far uh, by his standards. Uh, he finished top eight last year, but last week he's going to finish as a top 15 quarterback. Coming down to wide receivers real fast. Uh, Drake London, he's been putting up numbers, the rookie in Atlanta. Um, Kyle Pitts is a forgotten guy down there. It's all Drake London. I think uh, that offense is going through him. He's a big target in the red zone. Uh, he's at number 26 ranking right now. I can see him being a top 15 wide receiver in week three. Curtis Samuel going off at number 28 right now. I'm going to go top 15 finish by this point. I think that the, the, they're going to use him very much. Uh, so against Darius Slay by that point. Uh, another wide receiver for you, Fernando, uh, going off at number 29, uh, Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson is uh, looking really good with Joe Flacco throwing him the ball. 24 seems very low. I like a top 15 out of Garrett Wilson. Uh, DK going off at 22. I haven't finished the top 15. I think the Seahawks are going to have a much better game. I mean, 81% completion rating, but this point, <laughs> what do you want to say? Uh, going over to the wide receivers real fast. You tight have ends. Evan, uh, tight ends, sorry. Uh, Evan Ingram. Going off at 14. 14. I mean, a decent number. It's not too low, but I can see him being a top 10 target. I think the uh, Jaguars fall behind in that game. A lot of passing in the fourth quarter. I think Evan Ingram is one of the targets. 
that will be hit. A lot of garbage time. I have Irv Smith Jr. right now going off against the Lions by this point as an 18 tight end. I think he's going to finish as a top tight end. I like that, too. He got a lot more targets. He dropped a bad one uh, in Philadelphia, but... After putting a goose egg up week one, he got a lot more targets week two. I think that does continue. I agree with you. Uh, so you have uh, the San Francisco 49er defense finishing as a top 12 defense this week. Uh, they're going off at 18 right now. I do. against If Denver is going to go with the game plan they have been, which doesn't seem like they have a game plan, I feel like San Francisco can A, get to the quarterback, and then pressure and get some turnovers. Uh, Denver has been uh, turnover prone this year. I think they uh, get it done. Not a high-scoring game. San Fran's defense under underrated this week. Once again, it comes down to the head coach by that point too. 100%. Ball control, whatever they that. Uh, I have the Ravens defense right now as a 15 going off. I have them as top 10 finish for this week. Uh, I think the Ravens are absolutely going to come in and just demolish this game. I don't think it's going to be close. Uh, but that finishes up for uh, week three uh, of double doinks and sackles. I'm Fernando. I'm Travis. Uh, This has been fantastic to talk with you all. Uh, Good luck this week, and we'll talk to you next week. Toodles.